Hi, everyone. My name is Thurgood. Hi. I'm here today because I'm addicted to marijuana. You in here for some marijuana? Marijuana? Man, this is some bullshit. Marijuana is not a drug. I used to suck dick for coke. I seen them. Now that's an addiction, man. You ever suck some dick for marijuana? Huh? No. No, I can't say I have. I didn't think so. Fool this man! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Local Earshot Podcast. We're live today on location out in the uh, areas where I'm from. In the uh, where is this actually New Walla or is this Little Axe? This is the very edge of New Walla, America. Okay, well, back home, back <laughs> home in New Walla, America. We're here with Mike Bowser of uh, Bowser's Cannabis Company. A, uh, I, I want to say a startup, but I think just the store is new, right? I mean, you've been around a while as far as uh, we've we've had to go grow going for over three years now. Okay. We just decided to get into the dispensary business, make it a one direct shop to the to the patient now. Okay, I'm I'm kind of curious how this whole thing stacks up. Uh, it's like me and Jonathan are trying to start up a business with the podcast, so I'm curious. That path is is one thing in itself, but it seems like when you throw the medical marijuana laws in there it just it's like taking the path of most resistance a lot of times just keeping up with the laws and the changes has been a struggle on its own to be honest i mean it's like having a second business on top of running a business i mean it's just been nonstop changes and hopefully they'll get it together soon but we're adapting as we go well excuse me um it it, we kind of saw that coming in a sense because i know when they were writing the laws they actually left a lot of open ends for adjusting as we saw the markets come in so have you seen that within the because it's only it's been legal for four years now i think yeah right at four when they first opened the law it was way too loose i mean things need to change things need to adapt i mean you can't just start a new a new industry and expect it to be perfect overnight i mean the law was wrote very loosely so that they could adjust it in the future yeah well and it's it's it ran into a lot of roadblocks we had a guy on that uh, does financing he works for a bank that's a new thing is being able to get money to back up a lot of these things. It seems like a lot of um, places that got started either had to have financial backers, investors, or like you did, you started to grow first and then became a shop. And uh, again, it it seems like versus some of the bigger, bigger, bigger names will say, it seems like that's also like the path of most resistance, but it seems like it's, it's self-made too. You, you get to supply your own product. So that's, yeah, it's, that's we do supply awesome. the product. It's awesome. I mean, and for the other people, it really does suck because there is no options to get financing pretty much. I mean, unless you want to play the rates that just make it not worth having business. Right. I mean, with it being federally illegal still, we're still just heaps and bounds behind even the, the alcohol industry right now. I mean, we're bringing a medicine to people and they're acting like we're still selling illegal drugs. Yeah. There's still a <laughs> stigma. He, yeah. And that's why I wanted to do the show is, I mean, uh, I, I do pharmaceutical manufacturing, and I'll tell you, man, some of the smartest people I talk to up there are very interested in in this curious little plant that we have here, you know? Yeah, at least with pot, it is a new derivative that even the medical professionals are getting behind a lot of us. So, I mean, that has helped us a lot. Like, that's what we were talking about earlier was the RSO program. I mean, that is one of the most amazing medicines in America. I mean, yeah, it has a huge tolerance to to be able to use it, but... It's curing cancer in some places. I mean, I know well, we can't say that in the U.S., but, I mean, it's it's helping people. 
I think that um, it's it's a, it's people at least when we were growing up, the whole Nancy Reagan fear and all this. The the focus was THC. That's what gets you high. That's what blah 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 blah. And then you know now that we're finding out with these extracts, especially is like when you pull out the, the, all the different CBDs, these different lipids and fats in these plants, it it works like a lock and key with THC, and that's where you really get the medical benefits from it. And I, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's one of the things that even on the market with the CBD, CBD is a great product, but you've got to combine it with just even a minimum amount of THC yeah. to get the product to work properly. I mean, they're getting it to where we can use the product now. The concentrates, they take the terpenes to uh, affect the ailments. I mean, to where now you're not dealing with a specific cause. You can pick a certain terpene that's going to help with whatever you need it to help with that week. <laughs> So it really just depends on where you're at. I mean, so okay, school the people up here. Uh, uh, me too. I'm still uh, learning a little bit about it myself. I know everybody knows THC. It's the it's the big baddie, and goddamn, it's so terrible <laughs> that something out there can make you happy for a, f- a couple minutes. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but what are the uh, other components that uh, when they say medical marijuana? I didn't. I was even kind of skeptical at some point. I was like, okay, yeah, medical. But uh, it's like. Eh. And then when I actually got my card and actually started looking at the top shelf shit that we have, like, oh, that's a game changer. Like, yeah. I, 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 I definitely see that now. So what are, what are these different CBD, CBD, CBN, all these different things, and Basically, how do they work? It breaks down to most people like chase shelfers. I mean, the people are chasing a certain THC number on the shelf when they come in to buy things. And at my shop, we're actually going above and beyond to try to explain to people the THC isn't even the biggest part of the plant. Yeah. If you don't have the proper terpenes to bring the THC to your body right, it's not going to affect, change the effects of what you want it to do, basically. It's, it's going to be one of them where you're going to be getting a great head high, but your bones aren't going to feel better. Your muscles aren't going to feel better if you're not hitting the right terpenes. So what are some of the uh, ones to look out for? Say, I know a big one. The reason I actually got mine was, um, uh, our, I guess, arthritic conditions, I guess, in my knee. Uh, post-injuries that now are bothering me in older age is what they are. One of the biggest I'm dealing with right now is the micrine is what I'm chasing. Micrine helps with almost every ailment in America. I mean, there's limaline, there's alanolol, there's several different terpenes, and combined differently, I mean, just like pharmaceutical medicine, if you you have the ability, unlike pharmaceuticals, I guess, you have the ability to seek certain terpenes instead of just saying, I want a pain pill. Right. I can get the pain pill that I need that day, not just one for muscles or one for bones or one for that. I mean, you got one... Honestly, placebo was a, is, is a huge thing, and I hate to say it, when these kids these days come into the shops that are buying a 25% THC, everything feels better because their brain tells them everything feels right. better. On a real medical level, when we get into our cancer patients and things, we've got to dial it in deeper. We've yeah. got to get to the point of that's what they need that day. Is there is there probably some confirmation bias, too, isn't that we're taught as we're young, like, oh, well, the THC is what fucks you up, and that's what you're – that's what – that's all it is. It seems like that's the fear thing. That's the transition we're working to get over. Yeah. It's not just a THC number. And, I mean, the testing in Oklahoma is so vague at this point. I mean, if you're going basic off of THC numbers, you're not medicating properly. I mean, the terpenes and the – I mean, for us, we're terp chasers. I mean, if I don't have a product over 2% terps, it's not what we're looking for. Mm. I want something that's not just going to get you head high, which, yeah. I mean, I enjoy that too. Don't get me wrong. But Yeah, I, I, I definitely noticed a difference when I – it was a guy at a at a shop that told me, uh, "Yeah, you have to actually up the CBD content that you're taking in to to get the relief you're looking for." Because I told him, like, I didn't never really like smoking flour. Like, I'll do the edible thing, 
but uh but the edibles is where, where it really clicked for me like uh because the guy gave, he gave me two different ones he gave me one that's high in cbd only or minimum thc and then he gave me the knockout blow with a high thc and it's i noticed it was very similar to painkiller exactly. feeling for with, me with me i mean adding the cbd in like right now we've got a flower on our shelf a lot of people laugh at us i mean it's like six percent cbd or six percent thc and 13 percent cbd now, when you first start smoking something like that, no, you're not going to feel that head high. So the people that are looking for the high, it's not for them. But if you've smoked something else first, that CBD immediately enhances anything yeah. you've got going on. Yeah, I might actually uh, talk to you about that. Yeah, here, CBD, but, right. For sure. And we'll get uh, you taken because care Because I, I got the other end on this stuff here. Uh, what's the name of this? Uh, that is our Runtz Muffins. Runtz Muff. Fat oh, no, that's kid the Fats Kid. Oh, yes, dude. Tremendous smelling. Whole. <laughs> I didn't smoke it yet, but... Yeah, and I mean, it's chasing high on the THC side, but it's also got almost 3% terps to go with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is one of my top shelf products. I mean, I've got that one. I've got Runs Muffins. I've got Turple. I mean, we've got several different Crescendos. I mean, everything supplied at the shop comes directly from Bowser's Big Buds, TSR Growers, or Pot County Boys. Okay. I mean, well, how, okay, so how did that start off? I mean, uh, did, were you kind of seeing legalization on the horizon and you thought, I got a little extra money, I'm ready to get off the road and let's just do this thing? Or To be honest with you, I had zero extra money. I just had the drive in my brain that I really wanted to do it. I mean, we went broke for the first two and a half years uh, trying to be a grow. Well, most I mean, seems like most businesses, <laughs> yeah, I mean, never mind marijuana. It sucked, yeah. yeah. The investment sucked in the beginning, but, I mean, now we're starting to capitalize on it. We've got the small grow. We're not big. We're still just a mom and pop. The dispensary is a com- combination of me and my dad and then my other grower at TSR and his wife. So, I mean, we've brought things together. I mean, we were just tired of seeing the patients get the bad end of the stick, to be honest with you. And, honestly, the the shady product is what keeps the negative – stuff going and and it, even me and i'm i'm basically pro you do what the fuck you want to do and so i had no problems with marijuana to begin with but it's like once even it clicked for me even like once i smoked a top shelf bud and it was a game changer like i'm like oh i i, I get it now like you know life is just better all the way around <laughs> with a, with a level head man yeah yeah <clears throat> less violence less everything when you just you settle your mind a little bit so when you're going into something like that and you're getting um, investors or, or people together to, all right, this is what we're going to go do. When the laws first dropped, what, what was kind of the legalese you had to navigate as far as being a grower versus now opening a shop? I mean, is there two kind of different ways to operate under? They're about the same. I mean, with technicalities and things like that. I mean, plant handling is a little bit different at the grow, but I mean, it's virtually the exact same business on two different sides. I mean, it's something where we've taken the... Nicest thing about it is we can actually bring our product in. I don't have to worry about chasing some moldy weed that somebody chasing somebody down because they've sold me a product that's inferior. We're at the point now. I mean, if I won't smoke it and I won't put it in my body, it's not going on my shelves. Plain and simple. Here, here, plain and simple. And I, I, yeah, I'll definitely speak highly of the we. This wasn't the one I got over there. London Pound Cake. This is from, is this yours? Is those, we have the, TSR actually has those made by Infamous OG. It's a it's a woody. It's a one gram flower. It's got the, actually they put the keef back on the outside to enhance the terps a little better. Very and, good, folks. <laughs> uh, I, and I'm a cigar smoker, so uh, I was actually expecting to see just a pre-roll when I opened it. Well, we knew that when you came here, so that's why oh. you, that's the one you got. <laughs> nice. Well, hell yeah, man, I'm down. Probably get another one before we leave. So, <laughs> uh, man, this is awesome. I kind of uh, once you got the grow going, was this already 
was this your vision at the end of the day? Like this is what you knew you wanted to do was a shop or did that how is that how it evolved after the grow? 100%. I mean, we wanted to go vertical. I mean, we're not necessarily going to be the processor yet, but I mean, that is something that's even in our minds for the future. We just we want to be a one-stop shop. I mean, we're a small mom and pop shop that's watched this local community just get stepped on and we want to be one that's going to stand out. Dude, uh yeah, growing up in New Walla, watching and I was, I always make this joke. I'm like, yeah, I grew up in the Nancy Reagan era. <laughs> just pot, really? so bad pot, this and that. And meanwhile, I'm watching like crystal meth, just destroy my hometown. And it's like, I just don't think pot's really all that bad. You know, after seeing that, you know, that was me my whole life, man. I was the wicked stepchild. Every one of my friends, his parents thought I was the bad influence. And I mean, all I did was smoke pot. I wasn't the one out there putting needles in my arm. I wasn't snorting Coke all day in high school, at least in high school. But, uh, <laughs> same, same. I was, it was yeah. just one of them things. I mean, everybody looked at me as the bad child. So why not be the bad child? Now you can open it up to a persona where he just smokes pot. He's medicating. Right. He's not going to send the kids down, down into the dungeon, basically, as I used to say. I tell people that marijuana in Oklahoma is being Metallica, and it's yeah. the Black yeah. albums dropping. Now you're now you're you're over white grandma's not afraid of it anymore. It's just becoming normal, but there's still there's still a lot of gaps in there, and and I think a lot of people don't want to do. They want to be told. They don't want to look it up they you know so it's good to have have people that are legitimate resources and, and we've got to get the education out there. yeah i mean we've got to get the education out there just like anything i mean when it's illegal it kind of gives the younger generations a drive to do it anyways i mean sure. the more you legalize things the less it's done illegally in the world i mean pot is one of them things that it should have never been illegal but we've got to fight to get it back on the books yeah the, just like the prohibition of alcohol i mean they'll never make it stand i mean we're here well, to stay and yeah, that's another thing. I mean, America, we got our issues, but that is one thing. If God damn it, you might have to petition for it for decades, but you can make it happen. We're at least the, free to fight for our rights. The, yeah, the, wheels, the, of, like the wheels of justice in society turn very slowly sometimes, unfortunately. But uh, so, as far as like licensing differences, like I got my medical <coughs> card, and that's a pretty simple, basic process you know uh i'm sure the uh route to being a grower or a supplier is quite a bit more complicated huh the biggest issue we're having with even opening new businesses nowadays is i mean it's it's virtually you're looking at a six-month wait i mean you've got to pay rent for six months you've got to pay labor for six months you've got to you even that's before you ever even get to open the doors i mean you you fill out your contracts with omma it takes you at least a couple weeks to get ready to do that then you've got a 90-day wait and that's if you don't make a mistake I mean, you make one mistake, you're looking at 120 days of waiting until you ever even get the first piece of paper. Then you've got to then you've got to go to the OBN and get another 30 day wait. There's got to be a way to bring it all together and get things processed better. I mean, so, so if you uh, now we're talking to you three years ago, you'd say timing. Timing is everything. <laughs> timing is everything. I mean, that is the biggest thing right now. Is you better be ready because you're going to wait, and you better. I mean, I didn't have a lot of extra money, but it it's a good six month wait trying to just keep the revenue flowing until you can actually have revenue. Wow. I mean, this store we we've, we've been in it five months now. I mean, remodeling, getting things together, but the licensing is the biggest hurdle right now. Yeah. And you just opened this week, am I right? Yes, November 10th, we went live. I mean, we're still soft opening right now. We'll have a real grand opening eventually, but, I mean, things are pretty live already. Awesome. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's a nice place. It's a small joint, but, I mean, for a place out here, and it's about perfect, man. Yep, it's our <laughs> little hole in the wall, man. Yep. <laughs> out in New Wall, America. <laughs> like man. I said, I mean, even no matter my, no amount of money, I mean, we're going to stay a small mom-and-pop shop. We're going to shop as locally as we can. Like I said, I mean, we're trying to bring the little guys like us that we're getting stepped on into the store so that way they have a place to get. Just to, And I don't want to tread into, like, 
a heavy conversation, but just to kind of uh, just observation, being New Walla, I mean, out in Norman, it's way more liberal-minded, we'll just say that. It's college town. Yeah. Of course it is. Of know? course. So marijuana is literally like within walking distance. I'm actually tired of going to a pot shop because they're just everywhere. It's It's funny to say it, but kind of like churches and liquor stores yeah, they're right. everywhere but out here you don't really have that you don't have a, is the competition it's more of a they're different or less or the competition is it's a totally different market out here i mean it's one of them in the city you've got one on every single corner and they're going to make a lot more money than i probably will be out here in america but where i'm at i mean i get my local people i mean we know everybody by name yeah. i mean it's just a small we'll get people that'll be faithful to us and it's just better a lot of these people out here don't have the money to drive to town every day I mean, I hate for lack of better words. I mean, this ain't the biggest income society in America. Oh, this is definitely small town low living. small town living, man. Farmers and people, hey, they make fun of us, but we live in trailer houses, so <laughs> life happens. Hey, people still need their meds, you know. <laughs> exactly. They, they damn sure wouldn't be shameful of putting a pharmacy up in the middle of nowhere. And then, I mean, that's now that you've said that, I mean, that's something we're really working on is like we've got a product called RSO that most of America doesn't know about. I mean, See, and it is. It's weird you say that because I've always known about it, or at least since legalization. Yeah. Well, I mean, the word is out there for it, but most, most of your dispensaries and places are pushing people into a, I would say, a flower category or a concentrate category where they're going to have to come back every three days. RSO on a business level doesn't make a lot of sense financially, but it does make sense on the patient. Medically, end. yeah. It's something that we're working on between TSR Growers and Bowser's Big Buds. We're trying to do an RSO program at almost free to the cancer patient. They need they need the medicine. So it's, tell us the difference between a uh, proper RSO and, uh, say, your typical hash oil. There's not necessarily hash oil is getting really close, but it's the biggest thing. A lot of people are pushing like distillate. Distillate's a great product, but like for the cancer patient, it's not a natural it's raw just product. It's mostly THC. It's mostly THC. Yeah. With the RSO, you get to keep all of the terpenes and all the extra stuff that we were talking about earlier. I mean, it's basically the RSO oil is a direct effect. I mean, they take the oil. You can actually take it in several different ways. In Oklahoma, we're right now, we're not talking a lot about the other ways, but you can do it on a potato chip in your mouth if you want. Yeah. As simple as a grain of rice to get the program started. And they have proven it in several different states so far. That is the truest medical product we've ever had in America, in my opinion. Um, one, that was a game changer for me, too. Um, I took a, a capsule, uh, one of those plastic digestible capsules. It was full of it, and uh, I was told that that's the dose. But I was also told that by someone who was a uh, cancer patient. And so it... it to say it put my dick in the dirt would be putting it about as mildly as I possibly can and being polite. But Hey, don't worry. I was that guy, oh, too. But I, for days afterwards, I noticed the the positive effects that people talk about with marijuana. Low, lower anxiety, you know, clear-headed, ironically. Not that it wasn't – the stoned feeling only lasts for a few hours. But the, the long-term benefits, that's when I really noticed – Wow. Okay. This is this is something here. You know. Yeah. And I mean, with a lot of our people, like especially the cancer patients, I mean, they're dealing with chemo's and things that just completely debilitate de their entire body. With the RSO oil, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a miracle cure because nothing's been proven in science yet, but it has been proven that it does fight the cancer cells in the body. Now, a gram of RSO is a lot to take in a day. You yeah. got to start with yeah, right. It's, it's a hell of a morning, but you start small. I mean, you start with a grain of rice. If you can slowly build yourself up to that, your body is intolerant to the cancer cell. It's plain and simple. I mean, if you can get to taking a half a gram of RSO every day, these cancer patients, it's changed their lives. 
I mean, they can eat better. They can do things that they, I mean, they can walk down the aisle. I mean, they can do what they want to do. Well, and it's like, even if, you know, even if the science says the jury's still out, we're still studying great, but okay. If you take someone who's in stage four cancer and it makes them happy for four hours out of the day, that's good enough for me. I mean, because I can only imagine being in the depths of that kind of physical and mental hell and to say that you're going to deny someone something that changes that even for half a day is it's criminal to me should be unspoken yeah (laughs) like come on man but uh you know um where are we at uh oh okay well shit i'm really i must have been really high on that uh (laughs) pre-roll because yeah but it's like talking about huh oh sorry Uh, we break for a second. Uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, I actually like because I've just been listening and stuff. Um, that uh, I'm a veteran, so like I have PTSD. Um, you know, from like being, being in war zone type stuff and and just different things. And like, I, I think it's really important that you actually focus on the medical and that you actually are caring about the patients because uh, a lot of the issues that I'm running into is is that I go into these these uh, dispensaries that are in Oklahoma City or, or like all around. And I'll start asking questions, and these workers will be like, I don't know. And it's like, who, who – like, how is it that, you know, like, if you're going to be a pharmacist, you have to be trained through this school, and you have to know everything about that. But, like, they're treating it like it might as well be legal because they're treating it like recreational, yet they're saying that it's a, a medical – you have to have a medical card to get it. But yet the, the majority of people that I run into are not like you. They, they are not – knowledgeable and like what they're talking about you know they're just like oh well here's here's a brand i like you know and and that's what i try to tell everybody i mean everybody comes in what would you recommend and it's uh, my first question to you is i mean what do you need it's not it's not a oh yeah i'll recommend this because it's the prettiest best looking thing on my shelf i mean it's it's the stigma of marijuana is still trying to get changed back to where we need it Mm -hmm. i mean we've got to get people back to shopping the abilities of the product not just the high of the product Mm -hmm. now i mean like it i'm like everybody i mean i'm not going to tell you i don't enjoy getting high but i also enjoy way more i enjoy feeling better every day right right yeah well that's why i always tell them is like if i can just get a good night's sleep you know and 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 not actually like have any issues while i'm sleeping like then i have a better day yeah see and that is something i left out earlier i mean when we do our so program it's not just for our cancer patients i mean ptsd our veterans things like that that is the biggest drive in america the veterans have not been taken care of i mean if i can bring a product that i can set on my shelf say a dollar and i lose only a dollar selling it that's okay as long as i'm helping them get off of the pharmaceutical medication yeah i mean because I mean, the va gives you about nine to ten different medications exactly uh, I mean, every single time and it none of it does it makes you all suicidal well and stuff, unlike so. the fda approvals and things i mean with marijuana we don't have a whole list of things it's going to cause i mean we're not going to give you one drug to treat another drug <laughs> i mean so, especially for ptsd do you see federal uh at, at, at minimum reschedulization and decriminalization do you at least see that on the horizon anytime soon or i been feeling it coming for a while i mean it is something that it is going to happen and i mean that is the biggest one of the other obstacles that we haven't really talked about is i mean the almost 40 percent tax debt directly from the government i mean no other business in america do you sign a piece of paper saying you're committing all these crimes to get a tax stamp i mean at this point when we get done on income people don't realize they take 40 percent of that off the top without any cogs i mean you can't write anything off in this industry you just they basically have treated us like an illegal industry still oh yeah but the federal legalization i feel like it's it's on the home front right now we're right there i mean and as far as um 
is that going to rewrite the because every state's a little bit different. Every state has a little bit tweak. I know Oklahoma's got some of the more loose uh, laws. In my opinion, the federal legalization is going to add even more hurdles. I mean, it, it is going to relieve us of the tax debt, but it's also going to add even more restrictions and regulations. I feel like most of the states are going to keep their own medical program going and then have a recreational program as a secondary. Because, hmm. like, I mean, if you go to Colorado, places like that, your medical program is about a 15% tax roughly here or there, and the recreational is over 33. Oh, so, okay. I mean, you've got to make sense of it on both sides. Because, like, the federal government's not going to give up their 40% from us without taking 30% from somebody else. You just know how that works. I mean, that's just, they got to wash their hands somewhere. Well, and if, if you ask me, that's honestly pretty fair. Because it is. No, it the is. medical stuff is, it's so much. I mean, when you really market for medical grade, it's it's way different, and it's way it's. I would say I don't hesitate to say stronger because I mean, in my opinion, it's just harder to be on the large scale medically. Yes, because in my opinion, if you want to grow a medical product, you're not going to be able to have a ten thousand square foot facility and put out a proper top shelf medical product all the time. Yeah, some can do it, and some can't. But you need to be more dialed in on which strain exactly do I want to grow that time, and how many of them do I need for my customers. The supply and demand has just gotten overwhelming. I mean, it's something that there's so many growers in so many stores. Is that something that allows you to kind of throttle? Well, like like you said, knowing your customers, you have your regulars and this, that, and the other out here, and it's just a little, little slower out here, less traffic. So it's perfect. Does, does that allow you to say, uh, I guess, forecast your batch that you need? Yes. I mean, it, it kind of gives me the ability that as customers come in and they're looking for something specific, if I don't have that terpene on my shelf yet, I will find it. And, I mean, as a small mom-and-pop shop, it gives us a little more time to focus in on on talking to the customer and educating the customer instead of having 30 people at the door. I mean, I'm not saying I want to get don't want to get rich quick tomorrow, but it's one of them. I like to be able to engage with my customer. And, I mean, as an owner, I see a lot of the owners in this industry just buying up with all this big money, and they're putting, as we were talking earlier, kids in there or people in there that have no education on what yeah. the product does for the customer. That's one thing. I mean, if you need an education, I mean, get with us. We'll try to help you. Even the other stores, we don't mind helping train people. We want you to know what you need to know. So when you got started, was uh, did you start uh, from seed? To, uh, I'm curious how does it get started because I had a marijuana plant Most just pop the, up in my backyard. So I'm, I don't know how how does it how do you get going? Most of the time, we start direct from a seed. I mean, a lot of us thankfully have had some of the old timers from other states have come around and they've spread some of the love with some of the older generations of the of the plants. I mean, we take cuts from people here and there, but that's one thing Oklahoma's kind of regulated now. It is going to be the seeds are going to have to come from Oklahoma. Things are going to have to be Oklahoma based. And in see, I thought it was already that way. I didn't, it it I didn't is and it is, and I mean for us on the grow side we do we can't import seeds anymore but in the state of oklahoma the seed dealers thank god have finally come in and they're setting up shop here so that made it to where at least they had to come here but i mean the new genetics are getting crazy i mean to be honest they're they're dialing in things that i've never seen before in my life I oh mean, yeah i'm time traveling over yeah. here bro <laughs> and everybody makes <laughs> i guess we did our job <laughs> no it's <laughs> you recover from that <laughs> Dude's got jokes today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm lying. I'm dying, man. I was like, man. Yeah. Very, very good marijuana, by the way. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, shout out to your business partners here. Who are you, who are you doing this thing with? Or do they want to be? Uh, they don't mind being mentioned, I don't right. think. I mean, we've got me and my wife, of course, Michael and 
Marianne Bowser, and then I've got with Bowser's Big Buds, and then I've got TSR Growers, Debbie Buchanan, Shannon Buchanan. They came on. They came on with us when we decided to do the dispensary idea. We've already grown together and helped each other about every way we could ever imagine, but we figured out it'd be a good mix. We've also brought my dad in. He kind of keeps us all in line and keeps things going the way they need to go. Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's it. I mean, we're three small-town grows. I mean, you're not going to see any huge facilities. I mean, we're just the little guys trying to make a living and keep everybody going. <coughs> kind of been mom and pop in small town my whole life. I mean, you know, coming out of McLeod, you can't really be big and live there. So well, oh, man. <laughs> you'll be bigger than the, than the city is. I don't know. I drove through. That was about a year ago. It's different. It's changed a lot. It's, it's, it has, grown. it's grown. grown. The biggest, and I guess I got to go ahead and mention that too while we're there. I mean, the biggest hurdle we're having in McLeod is you can't even have a pot shop in McLeod. What? They have not allowed anywhere in the city limits for you to put up a grower or dispensary at this point. They're hey, we we grew up there, man. What's the they're, legalese behind it? They're still behind on times, man. They don't want that tax money, I guess. I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of things could be fixed. More than most they small towns, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the biggest ones that are fighting it are the ones that need the money. I mean, we could throw so much money into the community. God, that school needs it. You know, I mean, what's bad is Man. we've also had in the local community, we've tried to make donations to, I mean, no specifics because I don't want to go there, but, I mean, restaurants and places like that. And some of them won't even expect, accept our money because it's pot money. And I'm like, guys, we're trying to feed people. We're trying to, at Thanksgiving, hey, can we get 20 meals bought? They won't even take our money for things like that still. So we've got to get the small town America. Tell the you stigma's got to go away. Tell you to get off their front <laughs> porch much, while they're yeah. lighting up a cigarette and popping a Vicodin. <laughs> exactly. Chasing a bourbon. Chasing it with a nice Telling That's you exactly. that you're the bad one. God, yeah. Oh, devil, uh, devil weed, man. I'll tell you what. The, the last three years, I, 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 I worked jobs that uh, paid really well, so I usually got tested regularly. So <laughs> I... I didn't smoke pot for many many years and the last three years i got my card and and really dove into learning all about it and i i've probably lived the healthiest three years since 16 years old <laughs> right the, in the last three years and i mean it's it's amazing it's more of a lifestyle to me to be honest with you i mean it's kind of like doing better i mean when you're trying to get off the pills and you feel like your body's going to feel better first off. I yeah. mean, right off the bat, you're going to feel better. Well, not right off the bat. It's going be a couple of weeks, months, <laughs> to, maybe. Yeah, to the body. The body <laughs> hey, your brain will tell you your body feels oh, better man. almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You start feeling a little loose. And, and then yeah, the weight comes saying. off. That was the big one with me. I mean, uh, it's just I cut back on drinking almost naturally. I didn't even – I'm no 12-stepper. <laughs> uh, but with that, the weight came off because of that. And it's like, wow, that it's like – Made a huge difference. Yeah, it's just crazy how you feel about things. I mean, nobody realizes the effects of the alcohol and things. And, I mean, I realized it over two years ago. I mean, I was drinking a a lot of alcohol. I mean, I'm not going to lie to anybody and smoking as much pot as the law allowed, which was, I mean, none at that time, but we won't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Two years ago, you were good. Two years ago, I was good. Okay, yeah, we're good. We can say that on live radio. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, I'll just... Barely, barely, like a pond skipping on a, a rock, skipping on a pond here, because um, I know it's something that people do want to talk about because it's a, it's, it is an issue. So, um, with the uh, competition of, we'll say, uh, both legal and illegal foreign investment firms that are buying up properties and 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 com- competing with the small town market like this or whatever, um, what are some of the legalese? Uh, they're trying to put up that's going to affect that's going to cut down on that but it's also going to cut into what you guys are trying to do legitimately 
it was already pretty hard in the beginning. Uh, one of the biggest things I'll speak on right now is the fact that, I mean, in Oklahoma as a medical market, I don't see, whereas there per capita even, there's not enough room for foreign investment. I mean, sadly in America, I, I don't feel there really should be much foreign investment that's going to be bleeding us dry, but that's just my personal opinion. At this point, I mean, once you've been in business 18 months in the marijuana industry, you can sell 40% of your company to anybody in the world. Yeah, and that was in seven eighty eight. That was never supposed to happen. I mean, well, and it's like if we're gonna if you're gonna allow that, it's that's federal. In my opinion, you're, you're doing my, that federally. That is one hundred percent federally. I mean, how Crossing do you send how do you send money out of the country yeah. and not go federal? Yeah, I mean, federal. That's where we set up the leaps and bounds. The federal is coming, and you can see it written in all the state laws. They're already preparing for it. Yeah, we've already wrote crossing state lines into our medical program. We just got to wait on the federal government to release the restrictions. So, I mean, it's it's coming. You can see it in the legislature. You can see it being talked about. It, it is coming. Well, is it uh, funny or sad that the uh, the states see that there is that type of competition and, and there can be some toxic business related to that? And do you think the federal government will, once this happens, do you think that that will be part of um, writing the laws? It'll have to be. Yeah. I mean, it will have to be. It just sadly for the states that are small like Oklahoma, it's just one of them that the green rush came and all a lot of the out of state people came and they sold everything they could in the first year or two and then they took all that money somewhere else. Yeah, we're trying to keep Oklahoma going at this point. I'm I'm curious. One thing I did notice and I, I kind of thought it was going to happen was you had that the big rush and we're kind of seeing like the bell curve peak on that right now because you're starting to see a lot of the. The places that got into it for the wrong reasons are starting to fall off. The the curves happen in biggest because, I mean, I guess as you were saying, I mean, a lot of the big grows that are coming in out of, I mean, international investors under the table making contracts and things that aren't written out in the law. I mean, it's basically the big investors coming in. They're mowing down fields 20, 30 acres at a time, throwing up some greenhouses with some $3 an hour labor. Yeah. I mean, that's stuff that just can't happen. I mean, you've seen the busts on television. And those are half of those don't even have license. Yeah, an illegal, I have a problem with that. I don't give a shit. And exactly. I mean, it's one of them, we're at a point now, why would you do it illegally when they've finally given us a chance to do it right? Yeah. I mean, why? Drop all the doors, get rid of the stigma. I mean, how are you going to fight that if you're one of the ones pushing that? Plain and simple, we want to release America's thought of marijuana. We want to get it in like, I mean, I've been happy here being open in this shop. I had some 70 and 80 year old ladies that I've seen at church. I never thought I'd see that lady walk into my shop. So we're obviously getting somewhere Yeah. to where, I mean, anybody will come see us now. Well, it's definitely changed a lot of lives. I think <clears throat> coming off of something like uh, the opiates uh, crisis that we've gone through, uh, that's, that was a 20, that was as long as uh, Afghanistan. And I, know, I agree. And it had a higher body count and it's like. Uh, I think people are, are tired of it. Yeah. And, uh, Everybody's seen the big government and what the pharmaceutical does and where the hands and where the paychecks yeah. actually go. I mean, yeah. and I think uh, it's time to, to see them scrambling to push back against marijuana and Kratom for that matter. Kratom's a thing. I don't know if you uh, sell any here, but that helped me a lot with getting off of uh, pills. That's my own personal experience. They haven't done studies because they're trying to make it illegal. But <clears throat> me on a personal level, I mean, I'm God given. I'm kind of okay. Anything that grows natural in the ground. But in my personal opinion, I can't say the specific brand name. I mean, you've already mentioned it yourself, but any synthetic product in America is just, it's kind of taking you back to the pharmaceutical route. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it may be good for some, but it's still a synthetically made product. 
It's not something that's just a naturally occurring thing in in America. I mean, I'm one of them. I used to do it all. I ain't going to lie to nobody. But Same. I'm at the point in my life where, I mean, we even try to grow our own vegetables and things because it's just we want to put something natural <laughs> in our body, man. You just – you it's like I said before. I mean, it's a mentality. It's it's a lifestyle. That's funny. That's, that's <laughs> really funny. I used to make fun of everybody that drank water. But, hell, I drink some every day now. I drink now, yeah. Water and Gatorade. <laughs> How are we on the game? Where are we at? Still zero zero. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oklahoma this year is going to be the worst undefeated team in the history of college football. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't agree differently. I'm not an OU fan, but I will say that's there have been some dives that have happened that it's been scary for y'all, man. We'll be like number seven, and we'll be in the national championship. How the fuck? Well, you have to see how we play. You've got it almost as good as Alabama. <laughs> You know they get that lighter, but we won't talk about why. Woo! Oh boy! Well, uh, well, uh, where are we at on time on this one? Forty-five, thirty-five. All right. Well, there's one thing I do want to talk about. I don't know your uh, uh, your personal experiences with the live entertainment, live music stuff. Are you a concert goer yourself, or? Uh, not since kids, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, I tried to take a break. I, I was, want to. I was a musician and really trying to get the guitar thing going, and a uh, kid came along, and then uh, mortgages and car payments and all that. So, but with with this, I'm getting back into it, and uh, we've me and my wife have started going to concerts about the time my son was about six or seven. Local stuff, and then we went to our first big gig here a couple years ago, and. The thing about crowds here recently with the Astro World thing and uh, those uh, getting trampled, and I think they said it's up to nine now. One more died. And uh, I've taken my son to the amphitheater, zoo amphitheater out, outdoors, and uh, we usually step on the hill. I haven't gone to the pit with him on anything. And the Diamond Ballroom he's gone to a few times, which is a smaller joint. But that is one thing I always try to stress to him is don't fuck with crowds. Doorbell. That's <clears throat> uh, all good. <laughs> Welcome uh, to live. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, it's live on location, baby. You get what you get, bitches. Uh, <laughs> but it's the danger in crowds when you see a crowd change is it's like, man, when you walk into a joint, know your exits and know your way out. But the way that those people look like they got caught up in it, it's like a, it's almost like watch, uh, the crowd moves like a fluid almost. It looks like water. Whenever I uh, worked at Live Nation, like the only way I explain it is that like rockers and metalheads and all that kind of stuff, they'll they'll walk to the front of the stage. Whenever a rap show happens, it's it's like everyone's grabbing on each other. They're moving back and forth. They're rocking, like and and they will literally push barricades all the way to the stage. Chaos. And I mean, and and so they've literally had to install at a lot of the Live Nation venues. They installed these like in the ground. Are in the I guess in the floor or whatever like uh, barriers that are in this little walk area in between the stage and the actual fans and so they have to actually put a metal barrier that locks it down into the ground and just bury that shit like about like you know five feet where it's actually so solid that you can't just push it in and knock it down and it's because those ones that they used to use where they just clip them all together and put it up there they will literally push you as a security guard right into the damn stage generations have changed for sure man i mean i don't know if it's necessarily a music specific thing but it's it's just the newer generations and things of respect in my opinion i mean they don't respect the musician they don't respect the stage they they feel entitled to do whatever they want when they want to do it yeah sadly well and 
I don't even know if it's... I think it's just the younger everything. Because, I mean, these trampling events have happened before, but I think this is the first time it's happened where the art or the artist really had no... I mean, he put a video out, but I don't really think he had any real remorse for it. Um, seemed really, very detached, you know, whereas previously you'd have, like, a, a, the Who concert in the 70s. It's like, you know, you're canceling tours for that kind of shit. Exactly. It had, it's happened at a Guns N' Roses concert in the 80s, and, and you know... It's just really terrible, man. And nowadays, with everybody having a cell phone to catch something like that. That's exactly. I mean, that's perfectly described. Because, I mean, most things that they're talking about in America, I mean, they happen every day. We just finally are to a technological age where we're seeing it happen every day. I mean, the world's not any worse than it used to be. It's just we're – it's publicized now. It's documented now. Yeah, it's, it's written yeah. down. It's, it's recorded. It's, you can't walk outside without – technology being in your face i mean so what what kind of what kind of have you been to a concert where things have gotten out of hand so long since i mean the last one we went to was the red hot chili peppers i mean and it even as wild as it was i mean 10 12 years ago it it didn't get out of hand i mean it was crazy how that's the thing i thought was weird is is i've been to some rowdy shows you know and and i saw pantera on their last tour and that's about as violent of a mosh pit as i think you'd get and even then it wasn't out of respect like if someone fell down they still help them up you know you lose your glasses your wallet your whatever you help them up and that stuff i saw from the footage there was just dark it's almost it's scary it is scary i mean and that's honestly that's part of the reason i probably have stayed out of concerts yeah it's hard to go down to the pit now especially with the youngster you know yeah oh yeah (laughs) and i'd love to expose the kids to the music i mean but we still try to go to a tonka music festival out here it's a big wide open field that gives you a nice a nice venue where you can take your kids and nowadays they're packing these stadiums so thick. I oh, mean, man. how do you even take a kid down on the bottom level? I mean, you got to sit in the nose, nosebleed and just be like, hey, kid, this is how a concert is, even though you and I both know, I mean, that front row is where it's at. Well, and, and, and <laughs> honestly, that, your vibe. that's kind of the way I, I think I've, I want to introduce my son to it. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stay up on the hill and then we'll baby steps. We'll move up, you know, as, as we get. But yeah, the Sioux help. Amphitheater yeah, was you, actually one we went and if you are. If you go in the front, if you go inside the front of the stage, uh, what what I what I learned whenever I was working uh, the security stuff was that uh, the sides. A lot of people don't go on the sides, but if you go on the side of a show, you can get to the side of the stage and nobody will like do any of that stuff. Exactly. So then you you still have a perfect view of the stage. You're in a safe location. You can escape if you need to, like because they have the long little like uh, walk areas for all the people that are in the mosh pits and stuff. So, And I mean, I'm sure y'all have seen it a little more than I have with the concerts and things, but a lot of it, it used to be everything was general entry. You'd come in, you'd, you'd fight for your seat by standing right. in line. Right. Yeah. Now you buy your spot. I mean, and that might make a difference on the type of person that's in that spot. I mean, you never know. Things have changed so much that what? how can we explain what's happened? Yeah. It's sad. Well, and it's like by the time it gets out of control and – Man, if you get wrapped up in it, it's just you're stuck. It's you are out of control. Like you said you before, there's no, no escape aisle anymore. <laughs> you <know>? You're stuck. <laughs> so yeah, that was a terrible story to hear, man. And it's it, it definitely put me on high alert. Cause like I said, now that my son's getting older and he's becoming a teenager, we definitely do shows and stuff and more. So it's it, and man, the big one with me was when Dimebag Daryl got shot and killed on stage, and it's like yeah. Okay, <laughs> that'll open Time your eyes. <laughs> yeah, that'll definitely open your eyes in a hurry. So, and there's been more since then, and this was just another one. And it's like, I don't know where where the responsibility falls. I, you know, I don't really want to comment on it until there's a verdict or it's charges hard. filed. But man, that's just tragic. It's kind of a come at your own. I mean, who do you blame in that situation? Yeah. Can't blame the band. I mean, they're just up there playing music, doing a I mean, job. And <laughs> you, well, uh, yeah, and I and I think I, I think too is uh, like what me and Brad were talking about is that. 
the artists, you know, people are like, oh, well, why did they stop the show or, or, or you know, whatever. It's because, like, they don't want chaos. So it, it, it if you stop in the middle of a, of a, a show like that, even a rap show. It's already violent. It's, it's already going nuts. So, like, those people will make it go even more crazier because they'll be like, why aren't you playing no Burn music? Burn it down, and they'll, they'll go nuts. <laughs> yeah, so, I agree with And that. I've seen that. I've, I've witnessed it firsthand where an artist came out and was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to sing here. And the people were mad. Yeah, like they already, were angry. So there's already enough. A, there's already enough attention on what's happening down there already. I mean, as soon as that artist stops, it, it becomes an incomplete. Just wow, what just happened? I mean, everybody's attention goes to that. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, I mean, it caused a major breakout. So yeah, just a tragic man. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see how fall the fallout from it and uh, probably the adjustments made to big concerts from now on probably as a result. And it's probably going to go to assigned seating. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Raise your hand to speak. Six son. feet apart. Uh, well, <laughs> right. I'm I'm glad I'm glad we were able to come out here and do this, Bowser, and thank you for hosting us and. Uh, and I, and I know you're an OSU fan, so thank you for putting uh, my game on here. Hey, the game's up or dad wouldn't be here. That's <laughs> the only way to get help around here. <laughs> so uh, any shout-outs you want to do? How, how can people uh, reach you, address, Instagram, Facebook? We're basically Bowser's Cannabis Company on Facebook. You can look us up. We've got a page and a group. We're at 17805 South Hara, Nuala Road in Nuala, Oklahoma. It's right in that Pecan Valley gas station. Yes, area. sir. The one-stop <laughs> shop. I mean, if you got a shopping cart and you need groceries, that store's got it. Oh, if you're from out here, you know exactly where it is. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Bowser's uh, Cannabis Company. Um, and we'll uh, take pictures of your product and get it get up it. on our page. And guys, come out here and see it, man. It's uh, uh, I speak highly of the uh, Fat Kid's Cake. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sadly, you used to be a fan. Uh, I, I was like, I was like, your inner child must a, like this idea. I'm a big fan. So that's good to hear. Hey, man, thank you so much for having us and and great weed. Uh, all the compliments and best luck in the future going forward, man. Nice, thanks for coming, man. All right, Jonathan, take us out, man. The uh, local earshot podcast runs on the value for value system that is time, talent, and treasure. We value everybody's time for listening. And as for talent, uh, we normally um, interview bands, artists, music, things. But if you own a business or you're in the Oklahoma area and we'd like to talk to everybody that's local, venues, uh, just any anybody that's a local business. Um, and then as for treasure, if you want to donate to the podcast, you can go to thelocalearshot.com slash donate. Um, and we take crypto, we take Cash App and Vitmo. Um, and then we are uh, building subscriptions right now. Uh, so yeah, um, I don't think there's any other shout outs that we need to do for this episode. So we'll get them up. Uh, bye guys. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Bye. And furthermore, Susan, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to learn that all four of them habitually smoke marijuana cigarettes. Reefers. It makes me feel alright